Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. There are moments in life that you'll never forget. Memories you'll pass on to your children and they'll pass on to theirs. They'll be talked about when friends come together as myth, lore, and legend. These are Tales from the Tailgate. Alright guys, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us. I'm Stephen Clark and joining me as always is my good buddy Trev. We're proud to partner up with the Bow Hunting League and kick off this miniseries and to do it correctly we want to bring you a tale that's about memory, legacy being carried forward through adventure and dedication. Trev, could you please introduce our guest? We got the man himself, Kurt Geyer. What's up Kurt? How are you buddy? Hey fellas, thanks for having me again. Much appreciated. Yeah. As always brother, we, we, we like to keep it in the, the little circle, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, that's, I, I'm okay with that. It's fun, man. It's good to see you guys and good to talk to you guys every time. So, you make a you good guinea pig. Let's not lie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm up for that because when I need somebody to try some stuff out on, I'll be calling you guys. There so. you yeah, go, exactly. man. Hey, I'm good for it. And especially being the first tales from the tailgate, bro. We really appreciate you jumping on and and kind of going through this. This could be a little rough, I guess. Hey, I'm up for it, man. I get how it is. It's fun trying yeah. new stuff. So. That's right, man. So you just killed an absolute giant muley, man. Not only did you kill a muley, but you killed it on your, your dad's birthday, which we had talked about in prior, in prior podcasts. So it's kind of yeah. cool, man. Why don't you just, why don't we dive into it, bro? Tell us all about it. What happened? Yeah, so I went on a Wyoming mule deer hunt with uh, my buddies Devin Leonard and Clint Casper. Um, I drew a tag out there, and like it, we wanted to do like a true high country, back country type mule deer hunt, and camp up on the mountain and uh we knew we were going so season opened september 1st my dad's birthday is the third um so i thought it'd be cool to kill and i actually killed him on the second but we packed him out into the third so on my dad's birthday and for people who don't know my dad passed away in april of this year so super recent it's my first deer season without him which you know is not easy so it was kind of a a tribute memorial type hunt going into this so emotions were running uh they're on a hairpin trigger, man. Honestly, like it was just going up that high and all that. I was like emotional the entire, entire way. But, um, man, we just hustled through it. Like biggest challenge for a guy from Illinois was the elevation. And that was, I, I really thought that was going to end me and basically cut my hunt short. Um, cause we planned on hunting five to seven days, five, to eight, nine days. If we needed to, like we, we had the time blocked off and we we're going to really just go for it. And, you know, you just never know what you're going to get into. You know, sometimes you get it done quick. Sometimes it takes the entire time you're out there. So, um, yeah, I did, did a couple stocks, got uh, failed stocks on some big bucks, got the feeling that, uh, the elevation and really we just kind of regrouped. I kind of healed up from the elevation and, uh, a lot of glassing, finding deer, watching what deer are doing. And then we kind of made our play from there, um, and really just went after it. So it, it was, quite the learning experience man going through it's just different you know it's not midwest whitetails out there it's 
high country muleys. So you kind of have to look at things a little different and approach things a little different and make sure you can, you can shoot a long distance. So it it was awesome for sure. Now, when you guys got out there, uh, did you guys take a day or two to acclimate or did you guys just jump in like ready to go when you got, um, yeah, kind of. Uh, so I got there, I was in Wyoming for almost three days before we started hunting. Okay. Um, we got on the mountain, then we got up there on the mountain and set up our tents and stuff the day before season. And we're looking up where bucks were and stuff like that. And then, so basically slept out there and then woke up the next morning and kind of went after it. So I think I needed more time, honestly, because we camped at 10,400 feet was our camping spot elevation. And we, the highest we went was 11.1. So for me that, I mean, the highest I've ever been before was I did an elk hunt in Colorado and I was like nine, four to nine, six was the highest that we were at. And I had a hard time there, but not near as right. hard of a time as I did on this trip with the elevation. So, um, it was very frustrating, man. It's, it's like you have the energy in your legs, like you're physically, your body feels like it can do it, but in your chest, there's just nothing there to grab, to breathe. So it, it's a feeling that's really hard to explain. Um, you know, Clint's acclimated to that type of stuff. Cause he does, I don't know how many days he spends in the high country or Devin kind of lives in it anyway. So I'm the, I'm the newbie when it comes to this elevation stuff. So I think the first day, well, really what, what really screwed me, we saw some bucks way off on a far mountain. So when we woke up, we're like, all right, we'll glad we glassed them up, saw them bed. So like, all right, we're going to head over there. So I was like, well, we'll get halfway. I'll eat. Um, I brought some supplement stuff to basically help me with the elevation and yep. some caffeine and kind of get food in my belly, get a little bit of energy, help me get acclimated with the supplement. I don't know how big a difference they actually make, but I brought them with anyway. And, uh, and Clint had some stuff too, that we were taking for the elevation and on our way there to the glass spot to make a game plan. That's where I was going to do all that stuff. We find a buck halfway there that (laughs) we watched in bed. So I didn't get to do any of that. So we went in after him. I got within 55 yards and, um, the wind swirled on me and we didn't make it happen. But, um, so when I got back out of that Canyon from that first stock, I was just dead. Like. I ate, I, I didn't feel like eating, but I knew I needed to eat. So I crammed some food down and basically just passed out from exhaustion. And I think, you know, of course, the elevation was messing with me. So I slept like three, four hours on the hill and we just kind of regrouped and um, glassed up and kind of made a game plan for the following day for day two. So it was, it was, that's it a was rough brutal. start, man. That's, yeah. congratulations. You're in Wyoming. Yeah. That's what it was. It's like, you know, <laughs> that's what Clint was saying. It's like, dude, this is, a lot of guys don't do this high country shit, you know, they, oh, yeah. go to, they go to Nebraska or the Dakotas to kill mule deer. Cause you can kill big mule deer there. Like, and I'm like, yeah, I definitely can see how you would want to add 50 inches to a high country buck because it feels impossible. And there's a lot of details that I'm, I'm skipping. That's going to be on our podcast. I have actually haven't even told the story yet on a podcast. So this is like the teaser details too. Perfect. The story is just insane, dude. Like some of the stuff that went down is just honestly, I think people are, aren't going to believe me, but, um, we basically, we found where the bucks were crossing through the saddle way up on a mountain. And for people who don't, I mean, saddle makes sense, right? But it's just the low spot way up on a mountain where the deer use as like a pinch point. Yep. So I kept calling it a pinch point. They're like, yeah, it's the saddle. I'm like, yeah, that thing up there, you know, <laughs> it's a terrain so feature. We, yeah. We get up over there and, um, I don't know how detailed you guys want me to go. I mean, I'm going to, I'll get to the point of it without sharing every single, because it's just the story would be three hours long if I told it. Um, spot some deer uh, down, 
Clint's like, Hey, you got to get down there and, and kind of make it happen. And, uh, there's four bucks and he's like, Hey, from what I can see, all four bucks are shooters. Shoot the one that you, you gives you the opportunity, you know? And, and by the way, I don't know, I doubt this story is not doing it justice on how impossible high country mule deer hunting with a bow feels because everything is way the hell over there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes, sir. No, nothing's close. Nothing's flat. Everything's like this. Everything's rocky. And it's just, it's pretty sketchy, honestly. And uh, to get in and close distance is difficult. It's not like sneaking on flat ground where you can just crawl and get up to make a shot. You know, you're, you're crawling in weird spots because you're crawling on a hill like this. So when you're going down, it's not easy to be quiet. When you need to go up, it's twice as tiring. And even just side hilling, you're slipping and rocks are falling and you're making noise. And it's just a mess, man. It honestly is just a mess. And I made a pretty, pretty long shot. Um, but I knew, I knew I wasn't going to be the best in shape for this, but I knew I was going to be a better shot than I was in shape. So I shot every day and, uh, Clint's up on the mountain watching me down and I make the shot squeeze through, pull it off. Um, I wrote my dad's name on my fletching and shot like his signature, like color arrow. I always shoot like green or yellow fletching. Right. My dad's always a red or an orange fletching guy, always a red lighted knot guy. And I had that set up with Papa Dave and dad written on my fletchings and watching the arrow arc just up hits his buck immediately. He just drops and rolls. Like I'm not, when I'm not exaggerating, he rolled like a thousand foot down this mountain mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh shit. And there's nothing I could have done. Like he was just rolling, you know, it's, it was like this and I panic and dive in after him. Like, I don't know why it just <laughs> in, in my, I don't really know how to explain it. Like in my brain with the emotions of like, you know, I went, Oh my gosh, there we go. And then I was like, and then I freak out and just <laughs> went down the hill and slid on my butt and moccasins for like 500 feet, probably busted my feet all up, shattered my left big toenail. So that's like a problem when you're hiking <laughs> and slide down there to him and, and basically just collapsed and lost it emotionally. Oh, I um, bet. But it was like a primal instinct, like go after him because it just was so difficult the whole trip to get to that point to like sink an arrow into an animal that I, in my head, I'm like, don't let him get away, which is like not something you normally think. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, you're not jumping out of a tree stand when you shoot at a whitetail, but yeah, it, it's new. It's a scenario. You never, you've never seen that. You never experienced it. Right. So you never know how you're going to react. <laughs> That's exactly it. And I think in my head, I'm like, dude, he's getting further from you. If you need to follow up shot, you need to get down there. <laughs> and uh, it just was crazy. And I know Clint's up on the mountain going, what the fuck is he doing? You know, but it was. That's awesome. It worked out, man. And, and it was emotional. We were hugging and crying and all sorts of stuff, man. It was it was pretty crazy. Oh, I bet. Man, I was I was I watching imagine. the phone because, you know, we had the calendar. We knew what your plan was. Yeah. So I was watching the phone to see if it post, but I'm going, well, shit, are they even in service? No, I mean, we got service when we were at 11,000 feet. You know, we were up on there and our phones are blowing up. We're like, oh, hey, cool. You know, and so <laughs> I got to a point where I could send like, it took like 25 minutes to send a photo through up there, you know, but right. I finally got one to the, what I call the OGs of, of working class. And so, but other than that, it was Zolio or, you know, an inReach. I was using the Zolio device, which... I actually like better than the end reach if anyone's looking for something like that. But um, yeah, I, I basically sent the message back to the crew 
Um, I sent a message to Eric, said, dude, buck down. Stories is insane. It's like a five-hour-long story. Update the crew if you would. And nice. uh, So, yeah, when I finally got enough service to send um, the photo, you know, we did. And, it, you know, when when I shot him where we got, where we're actually where I shot him and where he fell was <laughs> a pretty far distance apart. But, you know, we had to quarter him out. You know, we're in the back country. There's no, like, hey, man, call Randy and tell him pull around the truck. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> we had to cut him up there. Yep. And it's, it's getting dark. And so we get him all quartered up, everything. And then just get smoked by a hailstorm, and we're like <laughs> taking cover. Trying, there's nowhere to go. There's we're basically down in the bottom where all there is is like jack pines. So we're trying to hide and got our packs on our heads to like not get knocked unconscious by this hail. And then uh, so I shot him right around seven. We didn't get back to camp till like one one thirty a.m. And I was just dead. Like I crawled in my sleeping bag expecting that I was gonna just die. And not waking and up. <laughs> not, like pass out from exhaustion, but like my brain was, I swear my body, like kind of, I tricked it into survival mode because like the hike out up the mountain, first of all, killed me. And then the hike through the dark and then my headlamp died. We we're using our phone lights, our phone lights died and we're trying to find the trail on Onyx. It's pitch black. So by the time we got back, tied, tied all the meat up in the Cape and everything up into the tree and got into the tents, like. I think I like triggered my body into like a light survival mode. Like it's hard to explain, but I thought I was going to pass out just and sleep like a baby. And I just didn't like, nope. I just laid awake all night. And next thing I know, it's like, all right, we're got to go back down the mountain, like back to base camp, base camp. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, dude, I didn't sleep at all. Like I'm dead. And my Midwestern ankles were just like, I was like a baby giraffe dude. trying to go down. <laughs> <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Yeah. And- it was, it's the most secondhand fun type trip you could ever have. And if people have never heard of secondhand fun, it's, and we were talking about the whole time we were up there, like, dude, this sucks right now, but it's going to be so fun in two days. Oh, yeah. Like, we're going to talk about, dude, remember the hail and Kurt was such a bitch going down the mountain and like all that, you know? So it's the most secondhand fun trip ever, but it's, it's one that I'll remember the most vividly in my brain forever until I'm gone. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's how they tend to work out is anything that sucks that bad. You and the guys that are there doing it together, mm-hmm. you will talk about that for the rest of your lives. And it will be the greatest memory ever. Yeah, then, definitely. Just not yeah, why you're doing it. <laughs> no, but like we knew what we talked about consciously why we were doing it. Like, dude, this is going to be so good later, you know? And honestly, I look at Devin and Clint differently after that trip, like in a good way, in a positive way. Like, I, cause we went through like that experience together and I had a hard time, man. I really did. And when, when we killed my buck and we all had them, you know, we split them up three ways and had them on our backs going up this mountain. And, uh, Clint's the man, like Clint, it, this, how steep this hill was Clint had to go first to make the footholds for us to step into on the way up this. Right. So, and I was in the middle, Devin was behind me and I'm like dying, you know, I got, they each had a front quarter and a rear quarter on their backs. I had backstrap stakes, cape skull rack on my back. And there was like times where this was so steep. I almost went backwards and you're falling. Oh yeah. You know? So I kind of, I was having the hardest time out of the three of us. So they put me in the middle just in case. And Devin at one point's like, dude, I know you're feeling really down on yourself because you're having a hard time. He goes, but this sucks really bad for all of us. Like, don't think you're the only one struggling because this is misery. Like this is not, this is this hill, this hill, this mountain is steep for anybody. 
So they, you know what I mean? They did a good job of like, dude, this sucks for us. So don't think that you're the only, you know, you're the only wussy here because we're having a hard time. And those so boys that, have done it a million and one times over. Clint is a maniac. Like we all know Clint's a maniac. Mm-hmm. No, nobody understands truly how big of a maniac Clint Casper is. Like seriously, three times more of a maniac on the mountain than you could even wrap your head around. Really? He's the craziest dude I've ever seen. Like in That's a good nuts. way though. But so is it everything that you ever wanted it to be for? Cause yeah. you've been out there and you've had success, but it wasn't with the bow as far as mule deer hunting. So yeah, like, I killed, this I killed one with a rifle in Oregon a few years ago. It, it mm-hmm. was with loophole optics. We're out there right. with them. So it was kind of like, Hey man, shoot one with the loophole scope. So I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> me into it. But uh, yeah, this was the first, and that wasn't as high of country as this was, you know, that was steep country, but not like this was steep. So that was like the appetizer, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was your warm up. Yeah. This was the main course, dude. And it, whew, it was brutal. So what do you think that your buck actually scores out at? He's like 160. Wow. Yeah. I so told you in the studio, one. dude, I said, there's no way you're going to walk up and be like, oh, there's a 125. I'm going to shoot at him. I said, you're, you're coming across some big deer where you're going. Yeah, 160 was like the point of like I would freak out if I killed a 170 mule or better. And we got up there and it was like, you know, we saw some bucks in the 70s, um, but a lot were in that like 160 range. Yep. And it was like, man, you know, and, and when we, we saw those four bucks together, the, there's two with the. So I shot one of the back two in the group. The other two were around this rock face that I couldn't see. But it was it was now or never because if I didn't shoot when I shot, my buck would have moved around the rock face with those other deer. But the other two that I couldn't get to were a little bigger. They were probably 70 type bucks. Um, but for me at, at that point, I'm like, dude, I'm at, <laughs> wrap it up. At you that, know? If you're choosing between one sixties and one seventies and the fact that if you want the one seventy and it's going to cost you four more days to make a move on him on that terrain. Right. I'm shooting the one sixty every time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And the only thing that hurt, and I'm not, I don't give a shit about the score for the record for anybody that was going to say something in the comment. I don't care. It's not what this whole hunt was about. Right. This whole hunt right. was about exactly. my personal journey and, and kind of doing it for dad and getting through it. Um, the, the whole score thing is a bonus. But when you, when you look at the buck, the only thing that hurts him is his four on his left side is a little short. It's the only thing. Um, but other than that, like, you know, when I went in, I'm like, I want to shoot. A 160 to 170 buck, or what is a really good representation of a velvet mule deer? And you nailed it. You friggin' nailed it. But yeah, that's a that's a ten when it comes to that man. That, the other yeah. part is, you know, the story behind it. Like we had talked on the show, how you wanted to go out and your goal was to do this. You do it for your dad. Do it on your dad's birthday, yeah. and then mm-hmm. you know take part of your dad with you. Yeah, we always spread his ashes on the mountain. Yeah, so where I where the buck fell and we cleaned him out, you know, and quartered him up and all that, and um, I had my dad a little bit of my dad's ashes in my pack the whole time, and uh, and I honestly I didn't even think about it being it wasn't his birthday when I shot the deer, and I didn't even think like in the moment how late it was that it was like getting into his birthday, you know, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we we all we cleaned everything up and we actually got hit with the hail first. And then we get back. I'm like, hey, I'm going to spread my dad's ashes. So we kind of got ready and we kind of just said like, hey, thank you. We figured the hail was my dad. Like the way it worked is like 
he was like, hey, congrats, take this and, and have fun. <laughs> well, uh, see, he was trying to do you a favor. He said, here's some ice. Go ahead and pack the meat now while you wait. <laughs> you know, that might have been what he was doing. <laughs> I never thought about that till now. But uh, yeah, we, we kind of just said a few words and said thanks to Papa Dave and spread his ashes right there, right where. I mean, I spread them right next to our quarter of the deer out. And um, my dad always had sour patch watermelon candy. And so I brought two packs of those up there. So we're up there just throwing down sour patch watermelon candy and just, you know, just trying to do just like that one little thing that my dad had when we went to Colorado. It's like looking over my dad's eating candy. I'm like, give me one of those. That's a lifesaver <laughs> right now. You know, yeah, give me one. So we, we were having a ball, man. It was, it was pretty emotional, honestly, but um, it was awesome. It was awesome. That's amazing. It's so amazing, man. bro. Congratulations. I, when we saw the Thanks. pictures and we both were like, dude, that's nuts. Like everything that you wanted, everything that you had talked about, it just came tenfold. And oh, it, yeah. I could only imagine the emotions and, you know, the things that you went through in that haunt because it was it was for your dad, man. You know, it was yeah. more for your dad than it was. And you could just see it in your eyes and your voice when we had talked about it, that it was it was more for your dad than it was anything, man. Yeah, for it sure. Was, and it was the legacy you know, it, of it. It's I you know, I'll get into the shot details and stuff when we I do like the full breakdown. Like, mm-hmm. well, really, when I tell you like it's going to be a three hour podcast, it's there's so many details to that hunt that in the time we were up there, so many variables get thrown at you and just so much stuff when you when you're not going back to the the cabin or the house or whatever, like you're staying up there. It's just kind of crazy what gets thrown at you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just the whole thing was nuts, dude. It was incredible, and yeah, it was about my dad and like the shot, like that. I always kind of doubted that type of like spiritual and when I say doubted, I don't mean like I didn't believe in it, but like I'm I was skeptic of those things. Right. And I never really believed in like, oh, so and so was like looking down on me and helped me through this situation. No, I'm a full believer in it now. Like the way the shot worked out and how and just the the whole chain of events, it was like my dad was like, I'm doing you a solid. And I think that's why the hail came because he's like, All right, I helped you here. Take this. Ugh you know <laughs> just making but you stronger it, as he always had right i guess or he just wanted me to remember it more <laughs> yeah that'll do it <laughs> like it wasn't enough of an emotional roller coaster from the beginning right yeah yeah i mean it was just it was nuts man it's i actually when we do the working class boner podcast of it i have a clip i didn't know it but devin my buddy devin leonard was recording just a voice memo on his phone when he came down the mountain and like you can hear our reactions when we all meet up like we were like won the world cup championship, like three way team hugging. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you see like a soccer team jump around in circles. Everyone's like hugging. That's what we did for, I don't know how long. Oh, I believe it. It was nuts, man. That's amazing. Hell of a story. I'm we're honored that you're number one on this series. (laughs) We're honored that you're the first person to put this out and you get to hear tidbits of it here first. So thank you for that. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on to tell the story, man, because it's it was amazing. And I, I'm I'm honestly I'm still on cloud nine. Like I think about it every morning when I wake up, like just the, not necessarily like the killing of the animal, but like the experience. Yes. And that we pulled it off, really. And, and that's gonna, that's one of those ones that's really going to play out that it's not the shot. It's not the kill. It's yeah, the before and the after. And that's what yep. it's going to paint that picture about what a hunt is. For sure. No, for sure. Don't. I'm excited to tell the story in detail. Like 
I could do it now, but your segment would be way too long and you'd probably shoot me. <laughs> no, no, we want to save the juicy no, details for you yeah, guys, for your show. For the important stuff, man. We just, just yeah. a rec- recognition of what it actually is. And, you know, like this, this series is more or less for like the legacy, man, of just, you know, the, the memories of it and everything like that. And I think it, you hit, the, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to that, honestly, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's, it's, that's what it's all about. And I feel it's, if, as if you're going to have one of the most, most emotional seasons that you've probably ever had in your entire life honestly like Definitely. it's going to be an emotional roller coaster bro for you and yeah and killing deer because you know you've always done it with your pops you know like yeah. it's always papa dave has always been there by your side when it comes to it man probably since you were a kid i mean you see all the pictures and all that stuff and yeah i think it's so cool i think it's yeah. awesome and, and you're 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 respecting them in the right ways honestly yeah it's going to be tough emotionally but you know it's what my dad want me to do obviously what we've always done is hustle and get after it and you know, I have no doubt he'll be with me. And um, the only thing that does suck is I can't call him and be like, hey, what do I do? And he can't tell me, stick to your game plan, man. Like, you change your game plan up to stick with the first one. You're good. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, but I just have to remember that's what he would tell me, and I'll be I'll be just fine. That's <laughs> right. We'll figure it out. Rolling into the season, you know, what is your game plan? Kill a big whitetail. There you go. <laughs> now nah, that's, that's I'm summarizing. I just, I'm going to have a good time, man, and really just kind of challenge myself to be um i like trying to be more and more calculated you know going in so awesome that's my that's my goal going in with the least intrusion as possible kind of feel like a ninja type you know <laughs> see, see what we can pull off <laughs> can't knock that i mean you go in there and you just work into it try to get a little better every hunt mm-hmm. and in your case you're expanding you know it's not just whitetail anymore it's antelope it's mule deer it's bear you know, yeah. we're going to get the elk down the road from you, I'm sure. We're going to have the moose hunts down the road, you know, all yeah. the crazy exotics. You know, let's take you to Africa and let you shoot a, a alligator or some shit. I don't no, know. He needs a leopard. He's a leopard kind of guy, I feel like. That'd but, be cool. I uh, I'm, I may or I might be going mountain lion hunting this winter. I don't know. Gotcha. And then I have an elk hunt booked next September with my buddy Trey. So it's already ahead of the game, man. I'm so, trying. Hey, you're not trying, man. You're out doing. That's the difference. Well, I appreciate that. I think I'm going to get a loan out. I'm going to like take a second mortgage out on the house and do a, a moose hunt in a couple of years or something. You know? <laughs> really make my wife happy. Oh, yeah. She's going to love you, man. I can already hear her now. <laughs> yeah. yep. All right. Well, exactly. I appreciate you jumping on. Thanks for sharing the story. And uh, of course, we'll definitely be in touch and follow along because there, there's a lot more big news coming from the whole WC bam- family as a whole. And uh, yeah. anybody that wants to follow along and catch up, you need to watch them and pay attention because I'm telling you, big news coming from multiple members. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, we do have some ex- one exciting stuff to announce. We kind of teased it on the podcast we did with you guys um, a couple episodes ago now for you. And then, uh, yeah, man, just a lot of some animals are hitting the ground as we podcast right now. So that's exciting and projects coming out and all that. But I appreciate you guys letting me be the guinea pig for this segment I, I really like what you guys are doing and i respect it and you guys are the shit so much Thanks, appreciated homie. appreciate it, it means buddy. a lot man well we'll carry this thing forward and in the meantime everyone stay tuned for the next tells from the tailgate